We're breaking down the Twins' three most likely extension candidates on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 19th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about extensions, and we talked about extensions in the scope of the CBA. We talked about, I think, some extension candidates on the Twins, but today I want to break down the three most likely extension candidates on the Twins. My the three players I look at and I think to myself, if the Twins were to extend anybody this spring training, I think it would be one of or all three or two of these three. And I would be surprised but not shocked if it was anybody else. We talked about this yesterday a little bit about how everybody's an extension candidate and why the current system makes everybody a usually good extension candidate, um, depending on the level of prospect. They still have to play well. They still have to you know, make make it to the majors and, and produce. But at the end of the day, 80, 90% of these extensions are going to be positive for the team. And a lot of times for the player too, to secure that money. So I want to talk about those three today. I'm breaking these down more in depth at twinsdaily.com. Had one about Luis Arise yesterday, Taylor Rogers and Mitch Garver. Those are our three that we're going to discuss today. All three articles coming out, going into depth about all three. There's a video for all three. And we're going to talk more about that today kind of a bigger picture view of the future too. But again, I think Bailey Ober, I think Joe Ryan, I think Austin Martin, I think Royce Lewis, I think Jordan Balazovic, I think all their top prospects are extension candidates. Alex Kirilov, we talked about it last year to avoid service time manipulation, just extend them because it, it doesn't matter at that point if you guarantee him the money rather than holding him down a year. I think the same can be said for Balazovic or Lewis or Miranda or anybody. I think they're all extension candidates and – I don't think it's limited to these three. I just think these three are the most likely in Arise, Garver, and Rogers, Given where they are in the contention cycle, the Twins, given where they're looking to in the future, and I also think given where these players are in their proximity to free agency, especially with Rogers and Garver, with Rogers a free agent after 2022 and Garver a free agent after 2023, Arise a little bit longer after 2024. So a little bit more time on him, but... Uh, I do think that these are the most likely candidates. And I think when you look at this team, these three definitely stick out to me. So let's start with Taylor Rogers, who's a year away from free agency. Excuse me, Arise is going to be a free agent after 2025. Taylor Rogers is a year away from free agency. By nature with these things, your most likely trade candidate a lot of times is your most likely extension candidate. Their most likely extension candidate before he was extended was Byron Buxton, right? Because that was discussed. We knew that there were some offers on the table. We knew that he was a year away from free agency. If you're not going to trade him, extend him, holding on to him didn't seem like it made sense. And in some ways, that's true for Taylor Rogers. Like if this team is not quite certain if it's going to contend in 2022, they certainly didn't give us a reason to believe that they would before the lockdown, the lockout, other than extending Byron Buxton. If they're not so so sure. Trading Taylor Rogers makes a ton of sense. And if you're not going to trade Taylor Rogers, 
you could wait until the deadline and see how he does in the first half and, and kind of display that he's healthy, but you're going to get more in a return for a full season. And by waiting until the deadline, you can see where the team's at too, but the upside of the team right now is low enough where I can confidently say they're not going to be in contention by the deadline. There's a chance, but they need a lot of help for me to believe in that. Things happen. Crazier things have happened. I mean, you see the Red Sox coming into last year. were not supposed to be that good, and they end up winning the wildcard game, winning another series, and going to the LCS. Had a great run in the playoffs. They weren't expected to be very good, but they had upside on their roster. Twins need to go find that upside after the lockout. So for Taylor Rogers, for a lot of reasons, it was true for Byron Buxton, makes sense to trade him. I think it does make sense to extend him as well. So when you look at his body of work since 2018, Taylor Rogers' FIP of 252 is tied for the best among all left-handed relievers. That's 209, I believe it is, qualified left-handed relievers, or at least 150 innings. He's tied with Josh Hader. Araldis Chapman is third. So when you look at things that Taylor Rogers can control, and that's fielding independent pitching, that's FIP. Look at things that he can control. Walks, strikeouts, home runs. Taylor Rogers is among the elite of the elite with left-handed pitchers and left-handed relievers, I should say. Uh, Taylor Rogers, I think that in Major League Baseball, maybe Hayter, maybe Chapman, the one left-handed reliever I want up and pitching against the team's best left-handed hitter is Taylor Rogers. I think when you look at those three and Hayter, Rogers, and Chapman, he's right there with them. Do I think that Taylor Rogers is as dominant as Josh Hader, as dominant as Aurelis Chapman? No, I don't think he is. And I don't think that his work over the last couple of years matches up in every area. But when you look at that number and that what it should be, what his ERA should be, things he can control, he's right there with them. And that kind of shows us, especially in 2020, that Rogers definitely had some bad luck when he was pitching. And we knew that. And we knew coming into 2021 that that was the case and that he would likely bounce back. And let me tell you, he was bouncing back in a huge way. And then right before the All-Star break, so we're talking about months into the season, he's pitching extremely well for the Twins as their best reliever by far. Right before the All-Star break, I'm at the game, gives up a grand slam to Jake Rogers in the, I think it was the ninth inning, in the the top of the ninth inning at Target Field in the series before the All-Star break. If you're a reliever and you only throw 35 or 40 innings in a season, one of your outings you give up four runs or more, It's going to be super difficult for you unless you're incredibly dominant otherwise to keep your ERA at the level it was before. And when Rodgers gave up that grand slam, his ERA ballooned and it impacted the rest of his year. It impacted his next couple outings. The finger injury showed up and then he hit the injured list and never came back. And that was it for his season. So his overall line is not super impressive from 2021 when you look at ERA, but you look at anything else, his FIP. You look at his strikeout rate. You look at the walk rate. Taylor Rogers was just as but as good as he was in 2019 for much of 2021 uh, until that point, until the injury. So I still think he's a very good reliever. Let's talk a little bit more about Raj than a rising Garver after this word from Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Here's an idea. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at Built.com. My family loves Built Bar. Built Bars are delicious. Built Bars are healthy. Go get yourself a Built Bar. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. 
Thank you again for making Locked on Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Taylor Rogers, I think, is a good extension candidate because I believe that he will get back to who he was in 2019, in 2018, with a healthy 2022. Um, I'm, I'm confident in saying that. And I said that last year, too, and he pretty much did it outside of the, those last couple outings. So, uh, and especially the Grand Slam outing. But I just don't think he was healthy at that point at the end of his season and gets shut down. But, you know, with relievers and with the Twins and with this front office, we know that they don't like doing that. They didn't do it with Trevor May, even though he was a homegrown reliever and was kind of rounding into form at that point. Didn't sign him. Uh, New York Mets signed him. I think it was two years, $15 million. So whether they would give Rodgers a multi-year deal is, is a question. I think he's beloved by the team. I think he's beloved by the fan base. He's the MLB PA player rep. Um, I think there's a, ro- a lot of reasons to extend him. The, the main reason I wouldn't is because he's a reliever, and you never know. They burn bright, they fade. We know that. And uh, no reliever is a sure thing, really. Uh, Taylor Rogers is not an exception to that. Let's talk about Mitch Garver, who's two years away from free agency. Garver, another interesting case, and I think another strong extension candidate for the Twins. He's in his 30s now, and as a catcher, that's concerning. You know, you don't want to extend a catcher into their 30s usually. But I'll tell you something. Mitch Garver is a DH over the last three years, is a super valuable bat. And I know he struggled in 2020, but when you combine his last four seasons, even back to 2018, if he was a DH for most of those, he's still a productive bat. The fact that he was a catcher was almost a bonus. And the fact that he's become a strong defensive catcher, been a plus catcher since a terrible 2018 season behind the dish, and is in the 93rd percentile in framing as uh, recent as 2021, is a bigger bonus. It's such a bonus that Mitch Garver is a catcher and that he rakes as a catcher and that he got back to raking in a shortened 2021 again by injury. Uh, And that's the concern with an extension for him is injury. How is he going to age? Is he going to be able to catch? Because if you extend him, the value that you're going to get for him is going to be as a catcher. Now, I would argue that if you extended Mitch Garver for four years and 40 million average annual value of, of 10 million, the same deal that James McCann got from the Mets, I would argue that if Garver DH'd for a majority of those four years, you're still going to get strong value on him. Or if he plays first base, we know Kirloff and Sano are at first, and it's kind of a log jam there a little bit. Twins seem like they have a lot of first basemen. Miranda plays a little first. You know, we know that Donaldson might play a little first in the next couple of years. But I think Garver makes a ton of sense. I think he does. And I'm I bought back into him in 2021 after a brutal 2020 when he's on the fastball. Very few hitters in the game as good as Mitch Garver. Like, very few hitters as damaging as him. He hit the ball hard more often than he ever has in his career last year. Exit velocity was right there with 2019, and his walk rate was a career-high 13%. So, bunch of reasons why you would do it. There are some actually concerning reasons why you wouldn't for Mitch Garver, and that includes just right off the bat that he's a in his 30s catcher, and that's not, that's not a player you, you necessarily – invest in heavily or jump to invest in. But I think with Mitch Garver, there's so much offensive upside here that if he does catch, if you get one extra year of him catching, so if you extend him for four years, that means you're getting two extra years after he's eligible to be a free agent. You're buying out two years of free agency. And then I, in my proposal, had a fifth year option at like 15 million. If he catches three out of those four years, a majority of his appearances are as a catcher and he's he's relatively healthy in the next three years out of four, he's going to give you the value of four years and 40 million and probably a ton more because I believe in his bat. And I believe that he's going to continue 
to do damage at the plate over the next couple of years. So if he goes out there in 2021, catches 100 games, DHs in a bunch of games as well, because I think you will against lefties. Now that Nelson Cruz is gone, I think you're going to see Garver and Jeffers in the lineup against lefties. And he gets the 500, 550 plate appearances, and he has the year I think he's capable of having again, and I think that he's likely to have again. I think you're going to see him get back to that same level, and I think you're going to see him get to the level we're used to seeing from him or we got used to seeing over the last couple of years uh, for Mitch Garver. So that's my my spiel on him. I think he, among the three, is the best the best extension candidate um, because I, I do think that you're, you're most likely to get excess value out of a contract extension for Mitch Garver because his offensive upside really is there. Uh, Twins future at catcher is probably Ryan Jeffers and Ben Rortvet. Rortvet is a number three catcher, um, you know, probably more desirable. But if you were to extend Mitch Garver, you could probably trade Ryan Jeffers. It makes it makes you able to do other things. Um, but I think he's an interesting extension candidate. Let's talk about Luis Arise after this word from Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. There's really no better time than now. Uh, these next couple months, it's just. NFL playoffs, baseball starts up, March Madness, you got the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, it's all coming up, and you're going to want in on the action. BetOnline is great. BetOnline.ag has a new platform, a new mobile website. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and use the promo code LOCKED15. So head over, BetOnline, great place to play, and the best time to play is right now. BetOnline.ag, head over to our partner. So Luis Arise is my third most likely extension candidate for the Twins heading into spring training. And again, he's being discussed as a trade candidate, which makes me think he's an extension candidate as well. I think they, those two are in tandem. Four years, four seasons until Luis Arise is eligible for free agency. But with him and a little bit like him, or like Mitch Garver, I should say, there's a chance to get excess value here. But more so than anything... Luis Arise, you know, a Luis Arise extension is not going to cost the Twins 100 million. It's probably not going to cost the Twins 50 million. You're probably looking at a, a David Fletcher like extension, which was five years, 26 million, I think was the total money in, in years. Uh, you're probably looking at something like that. You're probably looking at six years, uh, an average of six million a year, maybe 36 or 40 million on an extension for Luis Arise. And if he's the hitter he is now and he's healthy, He's going to reach that $6 million a year average annual value in terms of, of overall monetary value and wins above replacement. He's going to reach that. Uh, another thing is he's just he's beloved as well. I mean, the, the fan base loves him. And I think at this point for the Twins, they really don't have any benefit of the doubt in, in these situations. They let Jose Barrios, they traded Jose Barrios, let him sign an extension with the Blue Jays instead of the Twins. Um, they've made some decisions that are questionable. They've traded away. Strong prospects who've gone on to have success. Lamont Wade Jr., Akil Badu, Tyler Wells, three in one year is ridiculous. Three in a tenure, I think, is is crazy. But to have three in one season. So my point is that they don't have much wiggle room here. And not extending Luis Arise could end up biting them in a couple of years, as it did with Jose Barrios, I think. you got to do these things early because the closer that Arise gets to free agency, the less likely it is that he signs an extension with the Twins. And I think this is an opportunity to lock in another fan favorite. I would say on the Twins roster, if I were to run a poll, and I think the Athletic has done this before, of like who's your favorite player? If I were to run a poll, who's your favorite player on the Twins? Number one answer would be Byron Buxton. I think the number two answer would have been Jose Barrios had he not been traded. It was Nelson Cruz. <laughs> That's funny. Barrios, Cruz, and, and Buxton are probably the top three. Um, 
But now it's Luis Arise. I think Arise is in that now. I think it goes Buxton Arise. I think it's one and two for most popular players. And I'm not saying that's a reason to extend someone. But I think it's an interesting and a unique way to prove to your fan base that you're listening or prove to your fan base that you're trying to win and that you're extending homegrown players and that you're you're not just following this very stringent guideline because that's what it felt like with Jose Barrios. The fact that they wouldn't extend Jose Barrios felt more to me like anything that they weren't willing to give a pitcher five years. They weren't willing to do that because Barrios got six, one on top of it, right? Um, they weren't willing to do that. He might have gotten seven. He might have got an extra year. Either way, like whatever it takes to get a deal like that, dog. To me, that was we just don't want to give that to anybody. And that's probably going to be the case for Taylor Rogers too. Like we're just not going to give a multi-year deal to any reliever after Addison Reed. Uh, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. And that could be for Luis Arise as well. They just don't, they don't feel that he's, you know, going to give them as much value as they'd like in an extension, but to be this hard line, I think can be a negative. And I think it's become a negative in the last couple off seasons um, and it's discouraged fans. And I think it's pushed away fans too. So the best way to get them back or the best way to rejuvenate a fan base is to give them hope for the future. And by extending Luis to rise, you're giving hope for the future. And you're also saying, listen, like he's going to be a twin for the next eight years. Like you can come to the ballpark and you're going to see Luis arise for the next eight years. The knees are a concern. Of course, we know that the defense defensive home is a concern. We know that those things do dampen his value and the streakiness as well. Cause when me, when Luis arises is, is streaking as much as he did in 2021, He's he's less valuable for sure to the lineup because when he's not hitting, he's just he he doesn't even run into a home run. And, and when you look at like Miguel Sano and Miguel Sano's streaking, Miguel Sano's hot. He's like a thousand OPS, fifteen hundred OPS, hitting homers every other night and driving in runs. A hot streak for Luis Arise is hitting three thirty with four hundred on base percentage. I'm not saying that's not valuable, but it's a different streak than it is for a slugger who's driving in tons of runs. Then when that slugger has the down the downside of their streak, it's less damaging because they they had driven in so many runs when they were hot. For Luis Arise, when he's down and he's not walking and he's not slashing singles all over the field because he didn't give you those big time numbers when he was hot, driving those runs, it makes the whole streak less valuable. So there are some downsides. A bunch of pluses with him too. Love to watch him play. He's an on-base machine. He is that unicorn we hear about. Uh, and I think it makes a lot of sense. So hope you enjoyed this one. Let me know what you think in the comments at YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at NashWalker9. Follow the show at Locked on Twins. We're moving, getting closer to spring training. Thank you so much for making Locked on Twins first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your games. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day and go Twins.